You are listening to Action Line on KNY. I am your host, as always, Jordan Lewis. And joining me today is Michael Goring, the president for the Mining Association of British Columbia. How are you doing today? I'm doing uh, just great, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Now, I talked to you last week for an interview, but you, I understood you also want to come on to the program because you've been seeing a lot of these different press releases and articles coming out of Southeast Alaska that have been, to say critical about mining and the sort of the operations for that in British Columbia would be, I would say, kind of putting it mildly given how some of them have been worded. Yes, well, uh, and I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to speak to you today about uh, about BC mining and yeah, I think it's important for your listeners to know, um, you know, from from in British Columbia, the, the, the highest priority of our uh, industry is to protect the health and safety of workers, local Indigenous communities, and the environment through, you know, responsible mining and responsible tailings management. You know, in BC, we mine responsibly and, and safely. And many of your uh, listeners may not know that, you know, BC has some of the toughest mining laws and regulations in the world. Okay. And I think I think part of why I find it interesting is, and I know that you're aware of this, is that some of our, our local legislators had sent a letter to the, the Secretary of State, uh, Blinken, about some of their concerns, which I think is interesting because oftentimes when we see these kinds of you know press releases and things come out, it's usually from NGOs most typically. And so to see that from our, our state government officials is quite interesting. Yes, well, um, perhaps it's the time in which we live. I mean, that is, it is always certainly possible. I know the, the entire reason I knew that there was discussions going on or even sort of any kind of talking between the, the two parties was because I actually talk with several of the state legislators on a, on a monthly basis. I talked to them for this program, actually, I talked to them. And so one of them had let me know that they were, there was going to be some talks about this. And then I had gotten some more of the information about that later on. And so, but obviously that's only been from the, the Alaska side. Yeah. Well, you know, I think what's really important is, um, you know, we need to have a common fact base uh, on the issue of mining and water uh, in the transboundary region uh, that straddles Alaska and British Columbia. Um, you know, it's uh, it, we, we can't build on and progress uh, and protect our environment and grow our economy unless we have a common fact base uh, and um, we all, you know, uh, follow uh, the facts uh, and try and, and stay away from uh, from hyperbole and, and at times disingenuous uh, statements and claims. Right. And then would you like to go into some of those facts so that the, the listener base can kind of have that baseline? Sure. Well, you know, we, 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 we continue to hear that there is a mining boom in British Columbia, which is, when you look at the facts, it's, it's, it's disingenuous. You know, currently, um, uh, it can take upwards of 10 to 12 years to permit a new mine in, in BC. Uh, today, there are just two operating mines in northwest British Columbia near Alaska, the Red Chris Mine and the Bruce Jack Mine. There's four development projects. And again, it can take, you know, upwards of 10 to 12 years to permit those four development projects. You know, at the same time, in Alaska, 
there are six operating mines, six advanced exploration projects, and two projects in the in the permitting phase. So, um, you know, to claim that there's a mining boom on either side of the border uh, is disingenuous. Okay. And so, and why do you think that there is that sort of that opposition or that that claim that there is that mining boom? You know, you would have to ask uh, those individuals. You know, what I know is um, in order for, you know, a new mine to um, uh, to be developed in British Columbia, um, it and any major project needs to go through a thorough, painstaking environmental assessment process uh, where each and every project is required to undertake a cumulative effects review in the process, along with a broad review of a range of factors, including environmental, economic, social, health, and cultural issues. And that, you know, all of those things are reviewed through a kind of a single integrated process. Uh, this ensures that any issues and concerns of, of all the interested parties and Indigenous nations are considered together. And what I think is important for your listeners to know is that the perspectives of Alaskan interests are incorporated into BC's environmental assessment process in the transboundary region. Um, you know, here's an example. Um, Seabridge Gold uh, has a project on the books called the KSM Project. It's an excellent project. And during the environmental assessment for KSM, uh, the company ended up changing its approach to how it manages water at this proposed mine as a result of input from the state of Alaska and local Alaskan tribes. Okay. And so, and, and in what ways did it impact that project? Or would, would you know about more about that or would you not be able to talk on that? Well, I just, what my point is, is that um, if there is a mine project under development and, and going through an environmental assessment process in the transboundary region, the government of British Columbia, through its environmental assessment office, will receive uh, input and feedback from Alaskan interests in this BC regulatory review. Okay. And so then another question I would have, and maybe this is another one of those times where you might end up deferring to me asking some of these groups, has there always been kind of this impression from Southeast that they always kind of have this kind of pushback to the development of op like mining operations in British Columbia, or is that more of a new thing that's been going on? I think we've seen... Um Concern uh, in Southeast Alaska uh, for over BC mining uh, for the past number of years. Um, I would say that over the um, in most recent years, uh, you know, one or two years, uh, it has um, certainly ticked up. Okay. And so then another question I would have is, so maybe walk me through some of the, some of that assessment process that has to be done for those mines to get approved. That way the listener base also has that as reference. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, um, the, uh, 
I mean, it's important to know, too, that in British Columbia in 2018, uh, our provincial government revised the environmental assessment process. So um, they added more, uh, you know, uh, a, a more stringent review. Uh, they um, also uh, incorporated the principles of the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples into the review process. So it's now a what we would call a consent-based process uh, that includes uh, and provides the opportunity for Indigenous nations to uh, provide their free, prior, and informed consent to a project uh, or not based on their own laws, traditions, and right to self-determination. So there, there's a lot of put in there to make sure that the Native groups can feel that they have some control in it. In, yeah, 100%. And in fact, in British Columbia today, um, you know, you will not see a mine project proceed uh, without significant engagement, partnership, and consent of the nations upon whose land the proposed mine is sited. Okay. And so we've got you know, a, we've got a little less than a minute left in this first segment. So I'll, I definitely want to let you finish your point, and then we'll go into our first break, or well, really our only break. But yeah, so you know the other important point of uh, about British Columbia's environmental assessment process for mines and other uh, significant projects is that if a project uh, receives uh, an environmental assessment certificate, that is. If, if the project is reviewed uh, and is given the green light to go ahead after a review, the certificate that it receives from the government of British Columbia is a legally binding document that contains requirements that must be followed over the life of the project in order to mitigate any potential adverse effects. Okay. We're going to take so, our... So, you know, a mine goes... A mine goes through an environmental assessment. It's successful. It has the consent and support of uh, the local nation or nations, as well as local communities and other stakeholders, uh, and is deemed not to have significant adverse effects. Um, it has a legally binding certificate or agreement that it must follow um, in order to operate um, you know, going forward. Before the break, we were talking more about some of the process that goes into the approval for the mining projects, but I also wanted to give you the opportunity to maybe even, I guess the, the first question I want to ask you really for this half is, do you feel like a lot of these sort of releases and things coming out that are opposed to the mining, do you feel like they're, they're political or do you feel like they're, they have any merit anywhere? Well, um, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, again, I, I just wish that, you know, um, I think to have, you know, useful and constructive debate over, you know, important issues, um, you know, we all need to abide by facts. And, um, you know, we, we do everybody a disservice when, you know, we're not um, committed to facts. 
Okay. And so you feel like they're coming from a, a, a disingenuous place? Is that am I understanding that correctly? Well, I'm not I'm not gonna judge uh people's motives. You know, what I what I do know, um, you know, is is it it it, it, it what we're what we're seeing and what we're hearing are um, you know accusations that don't uh, measure up to the truth. Um, you know, one of the uh, one of the I think important things for your listeners um, for them to know is that you know the the BC government has made significant changes to the laws that govern mining in British Columbia in recent years. We have a a new Mines Act a revised health, safety, and reclamation code, a revised environmental assessment act, new water quality guidelines, and ongoing monitoring monitoring requirements to protect downstream communities and critical salmon habitat, right? And, and importantly, um, you know, British Columbia's laws governing tailing storage facilities, which are certainly have come up as an issue um, in, in the transboundary region have undergone significant changes. And today, um, you know, mines are required to implement uh, new design and operational criteria, uh, establish what are referred to as independent tailings review boards um, and engineers of record. So there's um, significant and rigorous accountability and responsibility within BC's mining regulations. And in fact, it's interesting. Um, uh, the government appointed a, a what's called the Chief Mines Auditor in 2021. Uh, and the, the Chief Mines Auditor was appointed and empowered to conduct audits to evaluate the effectiveness of BC BC's mining laws. And the first audit that was conducted by the Chief Mines Auditor compared uh, BC's regulations on tailings facilities uh, with those in other mining jurisdictions uh, on 13 key elements of tailings management and engineering. And that included Alaska and Montana. And this independent audit found that BC's tailings management framework, the laws and regulations that govern tailings management in BC, are now among the best in the world. Okay. I was going to actually, when you had mentioned that it was comparative, I was going to ask you what uh, what regions it was compared to. So you mentioning Alaska and Montana kind of answers that question for me. And so what are some of the other kind of big points you want to make about sort of the mining that's being done within BC that you think is being kind of being lost in translation to Southeast? Well, um, I mean, I think, you know, um, What's really uh, another important point is that you know the, the again the mining we do is is responsible and it's safe. Um, in BC now we have some of the lowest carbon uh, emissions in the world uh, at our uh, mines and smelters, um, and you know we have a, a significant opportunity in British Columbia in Alaska across Canada and the U.S. to, um, you know, provide the minerals, responsibly produce minerals and metals that the world needs to transition to a, a low-carbon future. Um, you know, 
we 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 extract uh, minerals and metals safely and responsibly, um, and we have an opportunity uh, to um, you know grow our economies, um, provide those minerals and metals, uh, so we can have things like renewable energy technologies, uh, batteries, electric vehicles, all these things that will enable us to. Um, you know, contribute to a, a, a better and cleaner environment. Um, and, uh, but we, you know, we, you know, we do need to work together. Um, and, um, uh, you know, in regions such as the transboundary region, we all have a joint responsibility to, um, to protect the environment and ensure that, um, you know, every operation is, is uh, responsible and sustainable. Okay. And then a question that's kind of popped into my head now while, while listening to you, obviously in the, the importance of that communication, especially with the trans the transboundary region, is I my curiosity is kind of wondering, have any of these kinds of releases come out on on your on your side of the of the boundary there? Has there any been have there been any releases like the ones you've been seeing come out of Southeast Alaska that have been coming out of BC itself, or has it only been ones that have been coming out of here? There are, um, there are, uh, it's been, it, it, you know, the, the information or misinformation emanates from, from the Alaskan side of the border, frankly. Okay. So while those things are still happening within BC, you feel like it's mostly coming from Alaska? Um, you know, in, in, of course, in, in, in BC, there are people who, um, you know, would prefer to see uh, less mining. Um, and, um, you know, that's a, a proportion of the population who kind of, you know, no matter what we say or how we, you know, how we do what we do, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to support it. Um, but, uh, frankly, you know, um, some of the information and accusations that emanate from, from Alaska, um, certainly, um, you know, are, 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 are far reaching compared to, uh, the voices that we have in, in, in BC. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you there. That, that won't do you much favors with some of the folks around here in terms of the listener base, but that's just kind of the nature of these kinds of issues. In you know, and there's, there's nothing you can really do about that. That's always going to be the case, you know. Yeah, I mean, people want to be heard. I, you know, I don't, uh, we understand that. And, and um, you know, uh, we um, we will be you know making efforts in the future. Uh, it, it, what it seems is you know there has been somewhat of an information vacuum uh, up in the transboundary region, and and that hasn't helped anybody. Um, and uh, um, you know uh, we will be you know working to provide um, uh, more information and information about mining and mining regulation in British Columbia in the days to come. Gotcha. Okay. Well, what are some of your, cause we got a little bit of the time left here. Do you have any closing comments that you want to make? Yeah. You know, I think that one, one, you know, an important, an important observation, um, you know, surrounds water and, you know, water is a vital resource. It's a vital resource for Alaskans. It's a vital resource for British Columbians. And, you know, um, there were, uh, um, and some of the debate that's been going on is focused on water and, you know, potentially what could be um, uh, with, you know, 
the potential uh, growth of mining operations in, in British Columbia. Um, it's important to remember that um, joint studies were undertaken by uh, the BC Alaska Technical Working Group. Uh, and that technical working group conducted several years of sampling and studies on the water uh, in the Taku, Stikine, and Nook watersheds. Um, and what the BC Alaska Technical Working Group found was that um, there were no exceedances uh, um, of Alaska's water quality standards within uh, either of those three watersheds. Gotcha. Well, Michael, I'd like to thank you for coming on. I do appreciate it. It's always good to make sure that we have both perspectives of any given issue, as you, as I'm sure you well know, given how news works. Thank you very much for having me. All righty. This has been Action Line on KINY.